Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I'm your host, James, and Happy New Year, everyone. Even though I am way into the new year, I uh, think we should have a good new year. All right, and today we are looking over the episode Sleeper. So it starts with a busy Littlest Pet Shop. Customers coming in left and right, stacking the shop till it breaks. Uh, We see Mrs. T calling upon Blythe, and Blythe is roller skating around, putting stuff on display like she's working at a 50s-style restaurant, which, I mean, there's a restaurant that does that in my city, and... I wouldn't mind going back to that, but that's not the point right now. So, Mrs. Tomley uh, takes note of what a little publicity can do. And we're going to get into what that is in a second. So, uh, Blythe is asked to take care of the newest camper for today. And she skates to the guy with the pet carrier... And then he makes the observation that if it's busy here, the bigger pet shop must be ultra busy. Okay, I went over this before, but there there cannot be only two pet shops in a city of two million people. Like, Like, the city I'm in has, like, six subways. And that's just subways. <laughs> and, like, we don't even approach a hundred thousand, let alone a million or two. Like, come on. <laughs> and you have a bigger city, even at, like, one-fourth of scale. Like, like it. why are there only two pet shops? <laughs> That that absolutely makes no sense. Like, are the they just the two most well-known pet shops, the two that are competing? Like, there is absolutely no way that like, two, like I guess they're the closest in proximity. But then like. If they're in the littlest district or borough, like, how big is the school district if largest ever is in a different one? I don't know, dude. I really desperately need a map of downtown city. <laughs> like, like an actual map, not like, not like a play map. I mean, a play map would be good, too, but, like, like an actual map. Like, I've already defined a lot of what it is. I guess, like, if I just look up a map of New York and divide it evenly between four different cities, I could probably get something, because that's kind of what I thought it was anyway. So, maybe, but, like, the problem with that is that New York doesn't divide itself into quarters, 
gracefully, I don't think. Future James here. And after looking at a map of New York, specifically of the boroughs of New York, like, I guess if you combine Manhattan and the Bronx, you could get four cities out of New York City. But which one would be which, I'm not 100% sure. I guess it would have to be where the most identifiable New York stuff is. But I'm not sure where that would be. And then everything else is the other three. I guess? I don't know. Because there's also like population to take into account. So, that's a possible answer, but I don't 100% think that it's the right answer. Anyway, carry on with the rest of the episode now. Uh, oh, God. I, I really am thinking, like, a little too into this. But at the same time, like, this, this really is confusing like I don't I don't know either way it is completely barren at largest ever pet shop and Fisher is in his office looking over data and seeing largest ever's profits are down but littlest pet shops are up and <laughs> And then the twins come in and want to use Monbad to shred something. And it is none other than Treblase magazine. Fisher looks at it and sees that it is the littlest pet shop issue. And he wonders if the publicity has helped the littlest pet shop. And the twins do not know. But he vows to get to the bottom of this. Meanwhile, the twins say that this magazine is going to get to the bottom of the garbage bin and put the magazine in Monbad and shred it. So they don't even recycle. Like, c come on. It's not even that hard to do. Like, I mean, then again, Fisher was, like, destroying trees protected by the national government for like minuscule amounts of things to get out of it. So I guess they don't care about the environment, but come on, like recycling is like, like one of the easiest possible things you can do. But I, I do have bigger fish to fry, and I clearly have decided to front load this episode with rants. So let's get to one I moved from the end and just like put it here. 
so this was the actual season three opener in terms of when it aired but netflix put it at the number five slot and i guess it's sort of confusing or not i don't know because like the first episode in netflix order was war of the weirds in which fisher also illegally advertised man fisher really likes doing crime so so i mean i guess that's the end of that sense i don't need to drag it on however in this episode uh fisher is losing money due to some publicity the publicity being trey blase magazine uh and as we see, the the magazine that the twins have looks almost identical to the magazine that uh, we see at the end of Expo Factor. And it might be the same, except for the fact that uh, in this episode... Uh, there's a bit of writing underneath the thing that uh, the Expo Factor doesn't have, which reads, Littlest Pet Shop, Little Shop, Big Success. And I don't know why Netflix put this at the number five slot. Like, it was originally intended to be the fifth episode aired. I mean, th- there are a million reasons for what could have happened here. Like, if this is the magazine that debuted after the Expo Factor, like, this should be the first episode, but there's also, like, delays that could happen, or this is a special episode, or, like, heck, the order itself, like, was thrown into like a monkey wrench of sorts like i mentioned last time with uh winter wonder like they rehired francois in that episode but some of the episodes that air afterward like make that make no sense otherwise and there's also the fact that this also this like sleeper is uh is after some assistance required so maybe that had something to do with it or this is like a special littlest pet shop issue rather than like an issue just about the um uh pet expo the pet fashion expo that happened because those are two different topics but they use the same picture I don't know, maybe it got delayed. It's it's a whole confusing mess. And as we did see in Some Assistance Required, the the magazine industry is a little wonky at best. So there can be a lot that like went into what happened here why is this special edition i'm i'm gonna go with like the special edition 
uh, littlest pet shop focus thing. Like, like it's not it's not the mo- like the usual monthly that they do. It's like a special issue just that's exclusively on the littlest pet shop. That's that's the way I'm taking it. That's the way I'm rolling this forward. That's that's my explanation as to how this makes sense. So there we go. And I think we are done with that round and I've said my piece and I have kept it so that the order makes sense so back to the episode so at the littlest pet shop in the daycare center Sunil and Vinny are rolling a ball back and forth and giggling like schoolgirls. Meanwhile, we pan over and we see Russell face down in a beanbag. And Zoe asks him about his rough night. Russell says that he hardly slept yesterday because he was so tired from yesterday's uh, camper, who was a sloth, but apparently a sloth in name only. Zoe asks why Russell bends over backwards for the pets that come in here. And Russell says he feels responsible to show pets a good time. Which, yeah, is it's a little controlling, but his heart is in the right place. And, like, like I guess that's kind of Russell in a nutshell. Is that, like, like, he falls victim to, like, some aspects of toxic masculinity. I mean, when I say he falls victim to it, I mean, he performs some actions that can be conceived as toxic masculinity, but I don't think that Russell is the kind of person to embrace toxic masculinity. It's just one of those things that is so pervasive in our culture that, like, even people with the best of intentions can still, like, fall into doing that kind of stuff because, like, that's just how they were raised or being raised in in the still, like, confusing nature of like humanity and the world it's stuff like that i i took a bit of a break and like i dread something and i got sad and it was about someone who more heartedly embraces the toxic masculinity and just like Reading that just kind of made me a bit sad. And, like, I I initially stopped because, like, I said face down and that reminded me of that Red Jumpsuit Apparatus song about an abusive person. And, like, I was so tempted to make that joke about Russell. But at the same time, I don't think Russell is the worst. 
but he's not the best. And apparently I'm going over like just everything so far in this episode, first episode of the new year. And honestly, first episode in a while, because it has been a while, so I guess I'm just trying to get my sea legs again when it comes to talking about this show. Uh, like the, the complications I had at the beginning of season two were less complicated than this, but let's keep it going. So he then passively aggressively calls out Sunil and Vinny for not doing that. And Vinny and Sunil stop playing with their ball and are offended by this. Uh, as Sunil puts it, crass verbal affront on our mutual integrity. And Vinny's like, uh, yeah, what he said. And yeah, I guess that makes sense. But like, I don't think Vinny and Sunil actively show them a bad time. And Russell might be overreaching. But, I mean, I get what he means. So Vinny then says that they can entertain a pet better than unfun Russell. And Russell challenges them to do just that with the very next guest that enters. And they accept because they want bragging rights. And Vinny says... How hard can it be? Which is the eternal sign in TV shows that it's going to be difficult. So, I guess I should say that, like, Vinny and Sunil aren't the best either. They're kind of playing into the competitiveness of this whole situation. But... At the same time, like, competition can be healthy. And this is just uh, to, you know, show someone a good time and be a good host. Like, I don't know. This is, this is weird. I'm not, I'm not 100% back yet. Okay, now I am. I just, I needed something that I didn't know entirely existed but I'm so glad I saw it (laughs) anyway so Blythe then skates in with the carrier and introduces today's visitor Otto von Fuzzlebutt so uh, she opens the case and he turns out to be a raccoon that is really excitable and rampages his introductions to everyone like he, like, runs up to Sunil and Vinny and knocks him down. He, like, vividly shakes Zoe's hand. And then he, like, grabs Minka, uh, Pepper, and Penny Ling and just bounces them on his belly and they go up. And it's it's a sight to be seen for sure. So after that, uh, Vinny uh, messes up his name and uh, Fuzzlebutt corrects him. And then just insists on being called Mr. Von Fuzzlebutt. And uh, Blythe leaves the play area then because the shop is too busy for her to stay here. 
And then Otto asks for some food and water. Vinny and Sunil initially brush him off, but Russell reminds them of the challenge, and Vinny and Sunil step up to the plate, and Russell looks like he's going to enjoy this quite a lot. So Sunil and Vinny give Fuzzlebutt some fruit and some water, and he eats it wildly. Like, it's weird. I'm going to put in another rant. This is a rant-heavy episode. But I was going to say he eats it like an animal, but he is an animal, so that should be normal. But, like, at the same time, like, some animals, like, I haven't seen a lot of animals in the show eat like animals. They just eat it, like, you know, calmly or, you know, just just as, like, calm as they can. Like, this guy's just going all out. So, that's uh, that's another, like, verbal thing that's weird about this show, but whatever. So, he wipes himself down and is running off. And Russell comes by and says that they lucked out with having such an energetic guest. And uh, Vinny and Sunil say that they'll be fine. Russell says he's waiting for Fuzzlebutt to get bored. But Otto, at that time, is bouncing on a ball and then bouncing on the chair. And, uh, you know... He seems kind of easy to please, but you know what? That's for Vinny and Sunil to deal with. So they go up to him, Otto, and asks what he wants to do next. And he keeps leading into it and bouncing around, but he never says anything. And then he passes out. Vinny and Sunil think that they broke him and he starts snoring And they still kind of think he's broken? Or asleep? It's kind of hard to tell. Because they use the broken thing later. Even though he's clearly just asleep. So maybe they think they just bored him to sleep. But either way. They are afraid of letting other people know that this happened. And... Uh, it just so happens that Penny Ling is walking up to, uh, Von Fuzzlebutt. And Vinny races to get Minka's paintbrush. So she, he rushes, he grabs the paintbrush, he rushes back, and then paints eyes onto an unconscious Otto. So... He does it just in the nick of time so that when Penny gets there, uh, the eyes are done. And Penny only came over there. I just realized (laughs) we are really tackling everything this series has to offer in this episode. Penny is there because she noticed how Otto was looking at her and wants to get to know him better. They nod Otto's head, and Penny remarks on how he's the strong, silent type. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, dear. This is is another facet on the whole 
shipping thing. Which, I'm going to be completely honest, I'm not 100% sure why I included Vinny on that. Um, like, I know some of the reasoning. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know how, like, convincing it actually is, but, like, it kind of makes sense to me, and it kind of doesn't. It's just one of those things that just, like, like, you know, wavers over time. Uh, wow, we are, we are not even at the, like, whole meat and potatoes of this. Well, we got to, we got to the main point of this. That being that this is a Weekend at Bernie's episode, except the Bernie in this is asleep, not dead. But still, it's Weekend at Bernie's. Or... I guess day at the day camp because like they don't go anywhere in this. They don't go to Fuzzle Butts. Like, like it can't be weekend at Fuzzle Butts if they're at the pet shop. <laughs> Holy crap! That I am getting caught left and right on so many different things. It's it's not even funny. So as I was saying. They nod Otto's head. Penny remarks on how he's the strong, silent type. And then Sunil says that they promise to take Von Vazelput on an exercise run. And so they leave. And Penny remarks on how Otto is the most charming pet she's ever met. And those eyes. <laughs> and she clearly can't see that they're just painted on. And it's amazing. <laughs> Oh boy, this weekend at Murray's stuff. Like, it's, it's, uh. So, so we see them in a large hamster wheel, and they're, like, running. And Russell is impressed with how Vinny and Sunil are keeping up with someone as energetic as Von Puzzlepots. And Penny is still going gaga for him. And Minka says that she wants to paint a picture of uh, Fuzzlebutt when they're done. Sunil and Vinny says, that would be great. So they, they get off and then, and then they pose Fuzzlebutt on his side, like, like the Titanic pose. And like they have his head holding up, his, his arm being held up by his, no, his arm holding up his head. Oh, goodness. Why did that take me, like, three attempts to say correctly? So, uh, they do that, and then his head falls over, and they play it off like it was a joke that Fuzzlebutt did, and they set him up again, and, and then they leave, and then Minkle looks over Fuzzlebutt, and then starts painting. And because it's Minka painting, she splashes everywhere, but Russell has an umbrella, so he doesn't get hit with the paint. When she is done, Russell looks at it and says it's really good. And Minka says that the credit goes to Fuzzlebutt because he didn't move at all. <laughs> and Vinny and Sunil take him off. And Russell wonders how he kept so still despite being such an energetic raccoon. 
So, Sunil and Vinny want to hide out in the fire hydrant for the rest of the day. And they feel like they have proven their point, so they can just be in the hydrant all day and they're satisfied. But Russell then informs them that Blythe is taking them to the park. And then Blythe comes in and says that as well. And Vinny and Sunil are nervous. So, back at Largest Ever Pet Shop. Yep, I've been talking a lot. You probably forgot that there's a B-side to this episode. But Fisher confirms that Monbad is now in market analysis mode on top of being a security robot. So, Fisher asks why Largest Ever is losing out to Littlest. Monbad begins calculating, and the twins seem bored. Fisher thinks that they think that this is silly, and says that marketing analysis is the key to success, and that it has never steered him wrong. But I still think that they're bored by it. Because, like, they're seeing a robot just do work. That just seems natural to them. Because they're so rich, they don't understand not being rich. I think that was a fact that was proven in the last episode. They're just, like, they don't know the world around them. They don't know that robots aren't an everyday thing. And they're looking at this robot and think that it's an everyday thing. But Fisher, who, again, according to last episode, like, knows what it's like to not be filthy, stinking rich. Like, like, thinks that this is a marvel and while it's doing the things that he would have done anyway it's just impressive that he can do it on a robot but the twins think it's just like whatever big deal so Monbad finishes his analysis and finds that the thing that the littlest pet shop has that largest ever pet shop lacks is love. And Whitney asks what love has to do with the market. And Fisher says that he doesn't know, but he's going to send the twins undercover to crack the code. And just, uh... You know, have them pose as ordinary customers. And the twins are insulted because they don't like to think that they're ordinary. Which, I mean, they aren't. But that's that's neither here nor there. But Fisher says that it'll be just like a masquerade party. Except no masquerade and no party. So, on their way to the play spot in the park... Blythe asks about Mr. Von Vuzzlebutt's tale. Vinny says that he told them that story already. And Sunil says that, yeah, no, he was just born with it. 
Blythe points out the fact that he hasn't said a lot. And Rennie says that he isn't much for small talk. And Blythe retorts that he wouldn't get a word in edgewise if uh, he did talk because Vinny and Sunil are talking to him. And Blythe unleashes everyone, right? Like, pun not intended, but pun accepted. And Russell... And they and they just disperse. And Russell throws out a frisbee to Mr. Von Fuzzlebutt. And then... And then this starts like an 80s movie montage song. Uh, like about Vinny and Sunil's attempts to not let anyone know that uh, Mr. Von Fuzzlebutt is asleep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a good song. It's it's 80s as heck, but it's a good song. Like 80s rock. So here here's where the confusion sort of comes in. So I haven't seen Weekend at Bernie's. I have looked it up, though, and it does have a signature song. Now, the problem is that this isn't like... Eye of the Tiger, or Man in Motion, or You're the Best, or Danger Zone. It's not not that type of song. It's a song called Hot and Cold by Jermaine Stewart. And, like, like it's a good song. It's, it's jamming. It's a jamming song. It's not, it's not rock. It's not, it's not hard you know, motivate you to do something, probably have someone teach it to a high school band so they they can play it during, like, a football game kind of song. Which, I mean, I guess is different enough from Weekend at Bernie's, but at the same time, if you want to homage Weekend at Bernie's, you might want to, you know like get something close to the original song like like you you did straight up like thriller like as much thriller as you can like you you could you could give like like a hot and cold song type a chance like it's a good song it's a good song and like uh, I don't fully understand why they like like did they think that it's just like oh it's an 80s movie we should have like an 80s movie montage song in this but like like it's not a montage song like like it's it's a good song like the closest montage song I think it gets to is don't you forget about me but like, that's more a default on Don't You Forget About Me. I am just going off on everything this episode. Oh, jeez. Yep, this definitely isn't because of the new apartment era.
Uh, so, so during the song, uh, they, they, like, cheese a lot of activities in the montage, like, uh, rowing a boat with Penny Ling, with hearts around her, playing chess with Pepper, like, playing catch with multiple people, and the act of, like, playing and singing the song itself when they do that. Like, like they're dressed to the nines in 80s rock gear. Like, like the three of them are. And it's, it's amazing. And, and they, and they're making Fuzzlebutt play the instruments. Uh, it's, it's good. It's really good. But at the same time, it's not that weekend at Bernie's. Uh, unless Weekend at Bernie's has something like that, but, like, on the Wikipedia page, it just says, like, you know, the song Hot and Cold by Jermaine Stewart, and, like, appeared over the credits. Like, honestly, like, I don't even know if, like, Weekend at Bernie's, it, like, would have a good fit for an 80s montage song. Like, I feel like it would be more like a 2000s montage song, if anything. You know, like, like just a song about, like, partying and just, like, stuff like that. You know, like, like a, like a Blink-182 kind of song. I think, like, a montage in Weekend at Bernie's would be, like, something like that rather than, like, like a, like a hard rock 80s motivational, you know, kind of thing. So, after the song, we cut back to the Littlest Pet Shop where Whitney and Brittany are in disguise. And th- they actually look really good in disguise. Like, 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 their normal attire is just, like, very... Uh, I don't, I don't know, like, like, it has a style, it's just, feels very, like, uniform, I guess, this feels more, like, free, I guess, I don't know, I just, I guess I don't really like uniforms that much, but, like, I'll accept it in, like, cases where, like, 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 in anime, where, like, people go to school in Japan in uniforms or apparently they do that in Britain too, I guess. And I guess other places, but like they, they choose to wear like a a school uniform and that's, that's actually really weird because they hate school. Maybe, maybe it's just a leftover from when they went to a more prestigious school, but got expelled. Belled. And you know what? Maybe that's why they're going to this public school. Because they got expelled too much from the private schools. And they're like, whatever. And so they just they just wear their old private school garb. But I guess mishmashed in a way that makes them look unique. To just as a status symbol. And like them in 
their disguises with like the wigs and the sunglasses and their outfits like like it's it feels like a little hint that if they weren't the way they are they might be decent people i'm not going to say that they're going to be the best people i i guess like like if they weren't spoiled rotten quite literally they they'd probably be about the same level as russell honestly it's it's just hard okay so they see a crowd walk in and they call them uncool and then they wait for the next crowd to, uh and then just walk in with it so uh they make fun of the crude rudimentary pet toys and asks who would buy them but then a crowd comes by and buys them all and then they say that you eh, know there's no accounting for taste and then they see Blythe and Hyde and they just make comments on how they don't like her and that they forgot she works here and Mrs. T calls for help and Blythe says she'll be there in a second so she leads the pets back into the day camp and then we see Sunil and Vinny being tired from dragging Mr. Von Fuzzlebutt around all day and complain about how sore their feet are, how just like hard it is to do raccoon puppetry. It's it's all of that. So they let him go, but he's plopped onto a duck toy with wheels. So with uh, Fuzzlebutt's weighty head, he pushes down the duck head, which activates the duck, and it rolls off. And Vinny and Sunil notice that he's missing, and they see him rolling off on the duck toy. And uh, they bump into Russell on their way to get him, and Vinny says that Von Fuzzlebutt just loves being chased, you know? And so... Fuzzlebutt wheels out of the day camp and into someone's stuff. The guy picks up his stuff along with Fuzzlebutt and walks out the store. He then gets onto a bus and Vinny and Sunil give chase. So they manage to keep up with the bus to its next stop, which is pretty impressive since I can hardly keep up with the bus and they cannot be more than a foot tall which means they're like one sixth of my size so they have to be running pretty fast and I think I know how Sunil Speedfield so so Sunil has a mutant ability this week his mutant ability this week is that he creates an energy field around him and and anyone in it can run fast so that's my explanation for that man i am explaining a lot so uh they get on when an old lady gets on and they maneuver their way to mr von fuzzlebutt so they pull on Fuzzlebutt's tail 
And the guy's like, what are you doing? And he like grabs his bag and that frees uh, Von Puzzlebot. But everyone on the bus screams and they get kicked off the bus. Vinny yells at them and says that they should be happy because he got on without a ticket. So, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Back at the littlest pet shop, the twins don't really get what people like about this place and are bored. So, they go over to get some water at a water cooler, which is a smart move. Because they are avoiding the wall-mounted water dispensers that some people like to call water fountains when they are clearly bubblers. So they're just removing that whole complication out of the thing entirely. And yes, they are bubblers. I will stick to that. So... They really like the water, and they notice that everyone else really likes the water as well, saying that the water has a career of its own, or something like that. And then they see Blythe attending to a kitten who needs water, and they deduce that the reason that Littlest Pet Shop is so successful is water, (laughs) Which, which is... Uh, I I just find that funny because like like the, <laughs> they're just too, they're they're too stupid to see the the meaning underneath the water like the whole hospitality thing they just like take the information they see at face value which like <laughs> I mean sometimes I do that but like <laughs> uh it's it's amazing. So, Vinny and Sunil are back at the Littlest Pet Shop, again, because of Sunil's speed field, and then they decide to hide Mr. Von Vesselpot in the tubes and wait for this thing to all blow over. Uh, so, they go up into the tubes, and Minka, Zoe, and Penny see this and go after them. They eventually meet up where uh, Sunil and Vinny are dragging on uh, Mr. Von Vosselbutt's tail. And Penny is walking forward, so they're meeting eye to eye. Which is a 90s movie montage song, but that's that's neither here nor there. And uh, Penny... uh, says that uh, Mr. Von Puzzlebutt has very hypnotic eyes, and Zoe asks Penny not to hog him. Uh, Sunil and Vinny keep pulling on him, but uh, Mr. Von Puzzlebutt eventually gets stuck, and they keep pulling, and they ask Penny to push, and Penny pushes, and Mr. Von Puzzlebutt unsticks, but this causes a reaction in which... uh, he, Sunil, and Vinny, like, tumble through and out the tubes. And, um, uh, and upon seeing this, Russell comments on how good of a job that they are doing. 
So at largest ever pet shop, Fisher asks about the love found at Littlest Pet Shop, but the twins say that they couldn't find love, maybe because they don't really know what love is. So they say they got bored, but then they found water, which was really good. And then they told the story about the kitten getting water. And then they also told Fisher about how the people got water. And Fisher asks Monbad for his input. And Monbad says that the common denominator of all of this raw data is water. (laughs) But I think this uh, data might be a bit too raw. You you might want to cook it just just a little more. But uh, Fisher thinks about this. And uh, instead of doing some logical thinking, he comes up with a different solution, which is he introduces the largest ever pet shop and water park, in which the largest ever pet shop has, like, two water park slides. Like, I guess that's it's it's kind of a lame water park, honestly. I don't know. It it might be like more of a hotel water park than it is like a like a water park water park, you know. And the twins congratulate him on that, and Fisher praises himself for buying that water park years ago. So, back at the pet shop, uh, I think we're gonna go back and forth a bit. So, back at the pet shop, Vinny and Sunil and Von Fuzzlebutt are lying down in a triangle. And Vinny and Sunil are commenting on how they enjoy lying down. But then Blythe comes in and says that Otto's owner will be here in five minutes. And Vinny and Sunil panic. So, back at the largest ever pet shop and water park, Fisher declares it officially open with um, you know, one of the twins cutting the ribbon with the scissors. But uh, people still aren't there. However... One person then comes up and asks where he can find goldfish food. Fisher tells him it's on, like, IL-12, but then forces him to be the inaugural rider of the uh, largest ever pet shop and water park, Log Flume. Fisher lets the water run, because, like, he didn't have the water running already. Like, the, the log just comes up, and it gets taken away with the water that's that's not good maintenance to a water park you got you gotta let the water run so that it gets you know all watered up so it doesn't like stick or anything i think i i actually have not worked in a water park but i think that's how that goes so uh, the water runs, it carries the log up, and uh, the passenger says that he hates heights and water. And the twins aren't impressed, and Fisher admits that he's not either. He then finds the operating switch and says that he didn't really catch how to use it, but he pushes it all the way up anyway, saying, How hard can it be? And it was already said once in this episode, so now it is said twice and twice. 
it ruins everything because uh, the the water container at the top breaks and floods the entire store and there's apparently so much water there's like like a like a little tidal wave that can go down like outside of the largest ever pet shop and carry stuff with it so back at the littlest pet shop Vinny and Sunil are trying their best to get Fuzzlebutt up and they think they're ruined but Vinny thinks to get a cup of water and splash it into his face Sunil stands in the way saying that his eyes will run, but Vinny splashes Sunil anyway, and Sunil says that uh, he needed that. And Fuzzlebutt wakes up and explains that he was taking a power nap, which astounds Vinny and Sunil. Fuzzlebutt says that it's more like a mini hibernation, and that they're essential for raccoons at this time of year. So I looked this up, and this is a thing that actually happens raccoons can fall asleep for long stretches of time up to a month and be fine however they don't actually hibernate regularly like some other animals do like like they don't burrow into a den and like fall asleep for like three months they just uh like continue to scavenge stuff but you know they fall asleep for long stretches of time but it's a thing that happens so Russell comes up and asks Fuzzlebutt if he had a good time Fuzzlebutt says no I had a great time and then he gets returned to his owner Russell apologizes to Sunil and Vinny, but they say that, you know, you don't have to apologize. We get it. For real. We get it. And then Blythe looks at Fuzzlebutt and notices that he's relaxed. And then he falls asleep again, and Blythe sees the painted on eyes and gets a little confused. But, uh, aside from that, everything is cool, and they never figure out that Sunil and Vinny... Just weakened at Bernie's to pet. So Otto's owner walks out and hears rumbling. And it is the flood from earlier and the biscuits are riding the wave. Fisher shouts that he will rebuild. And the customer who is on the log ride ends up in front of Littlest Pet Shop and says that he should have just went here from the start and then enters. So overall... I liked this episode. Uh, there's a lot of funny things that go into it. And just like like the Weekend at Bernie's parody is like really like like it's it's a weird thing to parody, but it's still fun. And like they do it well enough. I mean, they, they don't get the right type of song, but and again, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know, like, I don't know anything really. But, like, just, just seeing it like this, it's, uh, it's funny. I like the twins plotline where they try and fail to learn 
what makes the littlest pet shop great because they're so far removed from that world that like like to get a glimpse of it it's it's essentially like uh like the metaphor of the cave kind of in which they only know and see the reality of being rich so that when they walk out they don't understand that the shadows of the wall are just shadows and when they see the not shadows they think it's weird and they don't know how to comprehend it i guess i'm not too familiar with how to apply the metaphor of the cave as well but like like it's just it's just a fun episode and it i really like it a lot it's it's really funny. It's got a good song. Uh, honestly, like, like, I mean, there's not really a lot worth complaining about, except for the fact that I did. But those are more rants on like stuff as a whole. And oh boy, I I had a lot in me. I guess, I guess this is what happens when I take a break this long especially like in the middle of a season it's just it's just all coming back to me so uh that should be it for this episode of the littlest podcast be sure to leave your comments and reviews on shout engine on apple Podcasts, on the google play store and wherever else rss feeds go when they have a speed field and can take other RSS feeds with it and be sure to tune in to the next episode Hamsterheads I shall see you then